What up, what up, what up? It's Pope the Blueprint, the host of the number one networking show. And I like to take the first couple of seconds of each show to highlight any local brands that I may be wearing. And tonight I am wearing XI11, uh, which is a local 17-year-old here in Baltimore. He's a 17-year-old entrepreneur. So I encourage everybody to support, support, support your local brands. Now, we have a special guest in the virtual building tonight. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good. Hello, hello, hello. Awesome, awesome. Now, before we get into the journey of everything that you have going on, if you can just introduce yourself, let everybody know where you're from, and just a brief overview of what you do, and we get ready to take it back to day one. All right. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Maxine Pittman. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Tress Obsessed Beauty Vending. Um, we, I am. I reside in Los Angeles. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Actually, uh, LA people would say the Valley, 818 San Fernando Valley. So repping for the 818. Um, but yeah, from Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, and I am the founder of the Tress Obsessed Beauty Vending Company. We basically offer women of color um, travel size hair care and beauty items for their active on the go lifestyles via um, website orders, via our website, as well as our vending machines in various locations. Mm. Now, <laughs> let's take it back to the inspiration because I love it. When I came across your page, you know, I didn't want to click everything because everything was just so awesome. Like I was going to spam you, right? Um, <laughs> you can you do know. that. We love we love that kind of support. You can totally do that. No, I appreciate that. I'll do that later. I definitely got you. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, now, take us back to the inspiration, right? What was the, the, the aha moment that you wanted to start this business? Was this your, and also, was this your first entrepreneurial journey? and kind of take us back to, to that revelation for us. Yeah, I have been wanting to start my own business since 2014, 2015. Um, I knew I didn't want to work for, you know, the man, the white man anymore. I, I, I am very, um, as my friends would probably say, I'm very boisterous, very rambunctious, um, very outgoing, extroverted. And I always have, even as a child, I've always gone to the beat of my own drum. Um, and because of that, I knew I wouldn't last long in corporate America because I'm not with the politics and the BS. So yeah. I always knew I wanted to start my own vending, um, or I always knew I wanted to start my own business. Um, and I did have a few different ideas for businesses in the past, um, you know, but they didn't really get past the paperwork, the LLC point, um, either because I ran into legalities um, or, you know, just logistics. It, logistically, it would be too expensive or whatever the case may be. Um, I had had two separate companies that I started before even this company. And this company, a lot of people don't know, actually started out as an online beauty supply. I was going to do an online beauty supply. Um, and to be quite honest with you, you know, if we're, if we're talking 10, 15 years ago, there were no, there were almost no black owned beauty supplies. Um, but if you, I don't know how it is for you guys out there in Baltimore, but here in Los Angeles, you could throw a penny and hit a black owned beauty supply. I feel like they're on every corner. I know so many women who are starting their own beauty supply, which is great. And I'm happy that we are trying to generate, um, 
we're trying to, you know, get generational wealth and we're trying to create avenues for ourselves where we weren't in those spaces before. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do something different. And, you know, I had my online beauty supply. It was getting orders here and there, but it wasn't really generating the income that I wanted to wanted it to be. Um, I had planned on, actually, I had planned on, it's crazy because I had planned on opening a brick and mortar um, March of 2020, right? Like right around when COVID. Mm. And I was like, I was already, you know, getting with real estate agents, looking at office spaces, like for where I was going to open my beauty supply. And I was like, you know, I want to open a 24 hour beauty supply. I was like, like, what if we could have a beauty supply in LA that's 24 hours, like cities like LA, New York, Miami, people are up all night. You know, this, you know, people go to sleep after their nine to five, but there are people out bartending and, you know, driving for DoorDash and doing a lot of different things all night long. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I could, I could, I could be the first person to open this. And then COVID hit. And I saw friends of mine losing their, losing their homes, losing their businesses, you know, kick, getting evicted from their apartment. Um, you know, because they had gotten laid off or fired or whatever, um, people who couldn't keep their businesses open and couldn't pay their own rent and pay their office space lease at the same time, losing their businesses. And I was like, whoa, this must be a revelation. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I was like, I'm gonna have to put this on hold and just leave it as an online beauty supply. And I had always been, I say this in other interviews too, and I'm sure people who watch, who have watched my other interviews know, I've always been fascinated with like the vending machine culture. Um, you know, whenever I'm in airports or I'm in amusement parks, I look at the different things that are in vending machines. You know, I rarely ever will purchase anything, but just looking at the different machines, I'm like, oh, wow, they're sent, they're selling Air Jordans in a vending machine. Yeah. Oh, wow, selling ice cream in a vending machine. And if you, and if you go out to, I had watched a documentary during, like when I was stuck in the house working from home during the quarantine, I'd watched a documentary about um, vending machines. And I had thought about it and I was like, wow, I've traveled you know, to all these different places, you know, I've been to Dubai, I've been to Central America, I've been to Mexico, I've been, you know, Hawaii, I've been to, you know, Paris, London, uh, Barcelona, and all these different places that I've been, I've noticed that when I check into a hotel, they always have the travel size, you know, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and I'm like, Black people can't use this. Yeah. Even, even Afro-Latinas, who are, who might be mixed, you know, Mexican and black or Puerto Rican or Dominican or whatever, and have really curly hair, they can't use that crap. Um, and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like this, I'm like, you know, what if I, and I thought about it, I said, what if I offered travel size beauty supply items in a vending machine? And I was like, yo, this could be lit. And I had had a, um, like a late night conversation with one of my mentors. And she was like, yeah, the, the American shopping landscape is changing. You know, people are realizing like, wait, I can shop for my groceries and have my groceries delivered to my door. My kids can get taught schooling mm -hmm. at home. I can work from home. I can work out and go to, you know, go to the gym at home. Like we are realizing that the, that the American shopping landscape is changing and businesses are going to have to pivot because of that. And she was yeah. like, you know, and she noticed with her beauty supply um, stores, she noticed that she wouldn't have to, um, that basically what she was telling me was um, pe that people would actually go to her website. If she created a relationship with her customers via social media and created a community on her page, they'll go to her website to buy everything. They won't even come into her stores. Like, you mm. know, so, and I'm like, okay, well, and I've noticed a lot of cashierless type of stuff, meaning, you know, people are walking up to ATMs or walking up to machines and getting what they need. And they don't even have to have a cashier to interact with. Yeah. So I was like, that's the other beauty of the vending machine, um, you know, um, 
interaction is there's nobody that you have to talk to. You can just pick out what you want, put your money in and get it. So that was basically how that took off. And I was like, I'm going to do beauty supply vending machines with travel size hair products for women of color. And that's where it started. And here we are today. So now quick question for you, because I'm thinking, right? So if COVID never hit and you would have started the brick and mortar, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> well, no, how, how far removed do you think the vending machines would have been from your actual plan of action? Because that, that, that was a brilliant idea. But do you think that would have been delayed if you would have had the brick and mortar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have been so busy with my brick and mortar. It would have probably taken me years before it clicked to me like, oh, I want to do the vending machine thing. Um, another reason too, another part of the whole vending machine thing was I realized that my overhead would be a lot cheaper. You know, it, you know, it can cost you anywhere between 1500 bucks to $8,000 to get one vending machine. But if you open a storefront with employees and you got to get permits and pay insurance and a lease and air conditioning and all that kind of stuff, that can be upwards of $45,000 for one store. For just one location, um, you know, and I and I could use that amount of money for five or six or seven or eight machines. So that was another um, that was another piece of it um, was just the fact that I could stretch my money a lot better in terms of the the going the vending machine route versus uh, you know investing in one location, an actual store. Mm -hmm. so. so now take us back to that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Somebody's kid. So now take us back to the mm -hmm. beginning moment, right? Because now you have the genius idea to mm -hmm. take the travel size beauty care to a vending machine. What was those beginning days like? Kind of take us through the beginning steps of how oh. it got started for you. Oh my God. Um, obviously, well, you know, all the legit, all the mundane stuff like filing an LLC, you know, getting a DBA, changing my name, rebranding, you know, I got with, um, I found a, um, UX designer, um, to rebrand all of my flyers, rebrand all my promotional marketing stuff, all of my website, all of that. I think I paid her probably around five or $6,000 up front. Um, yeah, just having her oh, rebrand. Yeah, because I had to take my website from an online beauty supply to beauty vending and the vending. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to rebrand everything. I got a new look, like the logo that you see behind me. She designed this logo. Um, she's amazing. Um, some of her work is on my page, on my social media pages, too. Um, and she rebranded my whole, you know, basically took it from, you know, and the website that I originally had, the person that did it did a really shitty job. I don't know if I'm allowed to mm -hmm. But no, you a, could say shitty, shitty. <laughs> okay. Um, did a crappy job. Um, so I, so she, and she did an amazing job. She, um, she also did, um, the, the, um, graphics that you see on my machines. She did that. All of the graphics you see, anything you see on my, um, social media pages, she did that. Um, so shout out to Sarah. So, um, getting with her, having her rebrand everything, getting all the paperwork together um, to switch my name up and everything, making sure I'm filing all the correct tax paperwork. And then 
um, starting to research my vending machines and starting to research like mm. how, how much does a vending machine cost and, you know, how am I going to do this and how much is this going to cost? And, and, you know, and I had already had suppliers um, like for the products I was actually going to put in the machines because I had the online beauty supply before. So I already have my suppliers. That was nothing. Um, and, and they all are located here in Los Angeles. So that was easy. That part I already had secure, um, but just getting the vending machines, figuring out what vendor I wanted to use, what supplier I wanted to use to get the vending machines, um, you know, how to order them, what type of down payments I needed, and then logistics. How am I going to actually get these vending machines from the warehouses that they're in to get them into um, some of the locations? And excuse me, I had ordered an ebook um, like right when everyone went inside and we all were working from home, like right after I had ordered an ebook from this guy called the vending biz. And I actually reached mm. out to him recently and was like, yo, like I got my stuff up and running. And he was kind of the inspiration too. He has a huge following. Um, I think he's called the vending biz, biz with two Z's. And I bought his ebook and I think I bought his ebook for like $24, flipped mm. through it, flipped through it. And it's mostly for people that are doing like, you know, regular vending machines, like snacks, chips, sodas. So, so some of it didn't apply to me, but the basis of it, the foundation was the information that I needed. So I took that information, watched some, you know, videos on YouTube, um, you know, just started researching, like, how much money can I actually make on this? Is this going to actually be worth it? And I realized, I said, yo, if I do this right, and I secure some big contracts, you know, airports, you know, college, university, stuff like that. Um, which I'm still working on till this day, you know, we've gotten into, we've gotten into convention centers, stadiums, we've gotten into, um, you know, uh, shopping centers, outlets, like outdoor shopping um, outlets, we've gotten into military bases, but still working on airports, HBCUs. And I'm like, yo, like once the economy is, is really popping again, this will be huge. Like this yeah. will huge you know and that's that was basically where it started and you know started ordering a bunch of ordering what I was going to need and then did a big blowout sale on my website to get rid of all my old inventory to start bringing in new inventory you should have seen what my apartment looked like I have boxes almost to the ceiling with inventory because I didn't have an office space at that time so I'm sitting there like low and then at the time and then I had a two-seater hardtop um, Mercedes Benz at the time that had no trunk space. So I'm like piling these boxes in my trunk, like asking my dad, like, dad, can I use your truck? Like, you know, I, I'm trying to piece things together as I go because I have no idea what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm literally learning as I go. And that's literally how it started. Now, how important is it to take action, right? Because you sound like you're a person of action because you could have delayed and got overwhelmed with the rebranding of everything. But how important is it for other entrepreneurs to take action and really just throw caution to the wind? Um, you don't want to ask me that question because I always, I'm always about that action. And I mean, <sighs> unintended. Um, you know, I've always been the type of person, no matter what I'm doing, that I just jump for it. Um, even if I don't have the money, even if I don't know how I'm going to do it, even if I don't have anybody supporting me, I'm like, yo, and I, and I, and it's, it's a double-edged sword because sometimes I'll wake up and be like, yo, Max, what did you get yourself into? Like, 
this is not cute, sis. Like you're going to be, <laughs> and I tell my friends, like, like we have this saying, like me and some of my friends have a saying, like when you're broke, like regular broke, cause you wasted your money or when your investment broke, because all of your money is going into crypto or into your investment accounts or into a business that you're trying to get off the ground and you don't have money to spend on what you really want to do. And I'm literally investment broke. Like I'm, I'm yeah. like, yo, I'm in this, I'm in this. You want money in. I'm, yeah, I'm all in it. I'm like Nipsey. I'm all in. Like it, it, it ain't no going back now. And I think, I think I had already with like the whole online beauty supply part in the beginning, and then trying to get a brick and mortar. I had already waited so long that I was like, "Yo, I can't, I can't." You know, I want to do this now. Like, you know, I, this is what I want to do. And I had spoken to my dad about it. And my parents are very traditional, so they're very like you know, they're very, um, you know, we're, we're from, you know, people think of people from California, like liberal, but my parents are very old school, like mm. go to college, get your degree, buy a house, you know, do, to do all the steps that you're supposed to do. So when I was like, yo, I'm going to start a vending machine company. I don't think they took me seriously at first. And then when I got my first machine, my dad was like, yo, she ain't playing like, mm. and, and I think to answer your question, cause I'll go off on a tangent. I want to bring us no, back. Go for it. You um, I want to bring us back. I think, I think be, being about that action is important because I feel like, and, and it's very sad. I feel like the majority of, of society is okay being, you know, paycheck to paycheck and not taking yeah. it. Um, you know, cause you know, we've seen with this pandemic because people will lose their job in an instant. You will not have no money. Um, yeah. and you know, I feel like it's important if it's something that you truly, truly feel like you need to do. Like, I felt like this is what I needed to do in order to get the chokehold of corporate America off my back. Like, I was like, I need to do something for me, something where I can be like, like, I'm going to give you an example. When I was um, installing two of my vending machines in Arizona, um, mm -hmm. you know, those vending machines don't look the same as the ones out here. Like the ones in Arizona have lights on them and all, they look like slot machines. Like they look, they, they, they look crazy. But, um, but I was in a women's restroom talking to someone and a girl was washing her hands and she said, oh my God, those, those beauty vending machines are amazing. Like that's a genius idea. Oh my God. Do you work for that company? And I looked at her and I was like, I don't work for that company. I'm the owner. And inside, like I was very poker face, but inside I was just like, yo, I have something that's for me now. Like I, it's not something for anybody else. It's not, you know, I don't have to say, oh, I work for this company or, oh yeah. You know, I don't have to do the fake sales spiel about a product that I don't give a crap about because this is something that I'm passionate about that I started that, that this was all me. So just having that feeling was enough for me to be like, I'm all in. So that's major yeah. I, that's major I own the company <laughs> yeah. yeah like I was looking at her like honey I don't work for them I'm the owner and she was like oh my god like that's amazing so yeah. now you didn't you didn't waste any time right because now did you build a team right away because you mentioned that you have machines in other states so did you kind of start off solo and develop a team? How did that work for you? Because you moving. 
Um, I'm moving. Um, I feel like I'm a steam train right now. And I'm like, yo, you need to pump your brakes. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of picked people up along the way. I feel like there were people already around me that were in my social circles that supported me and were like, yo, this is lit. Like, this is a lit ass idea. Um, and then I feel like I also had, I also had interns from when I had the beauty supply part. So it was like 50, 50, like I was grabbing people along the way, like, either you with me or you not type. And then I also had people that were with me before that were like, oh yeah, if you need an intern, let me know, you know, and kind of just picked up where we left off um, in terms of switching over from the beauty supply to the beauty vending part. So it was mm -hmm. a little of both. Um, you know, I, you know, I try to give women and women of color opportunities to make money, um, opportunities to try to teach them things that either people didn't teach me or, or things that people did teach me along the way. If I, you know, if I feel like they're at a certain point in their career that I've already passed, you know, I'll try to teach them the things that I know. Um, but you know, I, all of my interns, um, and my, and one of my associates are all women of color. Um, so it's, it's been a long road. Um, but I do, I'm, I'm so blessed to have, you know, to have my family, to have supportive parents, to have supportive friends, um, you know, I had, I had photo shoots and brand photo shoots and every single person in the photo shoot is a friend of mine, like a close friend of mine. Um, like people were jumping in left and right, like, yo, anything you need to do, like, let me know. I have, you know, a cousin in another state that was like, yo, if you need your product shot, let me know. I have a photographer that could shoot your products. Like it's people jumping in left and right that support me and they understand what I'm trying to do and they want to see me win. And I feel like yeah. that's like really important. Yeah. Now, because this is the number one networking show, right? And you're really displaying keys of a master networker. What are some of the things that you would share with people that are upcoming in business or maybe been in business for a while that are keys to networking with people? Um, keys to networking with people? I would say don't, first of all, be authentic. Like, don't be fake. Like, and for me, like, like when I went viral, we, you know, we went viral a few times a few months ago. Um, and, you know, we were flooded with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DMs. And I can tell who's authentic and who's really trying to, you know, be a hustler and an entrepreneur and who's just riding the train because something is a trend. Um, so yeah. number one, be authentic, be yourself. Um, and number two, be polite. Um, you know, people will come at you and be like, oh, I need da 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 da. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. Where's my manners? And I'm like, block, block, bye. Like, like be yourself and be polite to people. You know, don't off the bat, don't off the bat, just assume that somebody wants to network with you or that somebody has the time to network with you or that somebody can give you what you need. Um, you know, try to bring something to the table on your own first and show them that you can offer them something as well and that you can benefit both parties before you're asking people for things and, you know, or begging for things or, you know, whatever the case may be. So be authentic, be, have manners, be polite, which should be a given and should be common sense. Um, and, um, and I would also say with net, when networking with people, you know, try to see, try to, you know, make connections in terms of, um, you know, try to follow up with those connections and be genuine and sincere about them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have, I have, I have girlfriends who will put my name, will mention my name to people in rooms that I'm not even in. And then I'll do the same for them. 
Um, and we don't only do it just because we're friends, but we're also networking for each other in rooms and events that other that each other can't be at. So mm. then there's that, you know. Um, so those are just a few, I think, in terms of networking. Yeah, but you know that's huge. Yeah, and I mean, I've made my fair share of mistakes, you know, networking, you know. Uh, when I was younger, you know, being too eager or being too aggressive or, you know, uh, or me not having manners and saying, you know, can you get me this da, 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 without, you know, trying to bring something to the table or show that I'm, you know, going to work for someone or, or want to work with them or collaborate with them or whatever. So um, I've had my fair share of mistakes too, but those are definitely the ones that I would say, if you want to know. Yeah, yeah those, are, they, those are major keys. Like Khaled said, major T alert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I appreciate you sharing that, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so what has the journey been like for you now? You know, you're in multiple locations. Has it been overwhelming? Like, what has it been like for you on a day-to-day -day basis now? Um, I'm still in the growth mode of my business. I mean, I feel like because I've had so much internet attention lately, people think like, oh, she's made it. And I'm like, nah, y'all, like, mm, not even close. Like, um, you know, um, I feel like it can, being an entrepreneur is always overwhelming. You have people grabbing and reaching at you in every direction all the time. You have invoices that need to be paid. You got people that need, they paychecks paid. You got locations where something was wrong with a machine and it's broken and you need to call a technician. You got, you know, people that you forgot to email that you were supposed to email three weeks ago. You got, you know, you got events you want to be at. You got so many things that, that need your attention um so it can def it most definitely um is overwhelming um but i feel like the more you do it you kind of get comfortable with the overwhelming part because I, yeah. I look at who i was a few months i look at who i was in january when i was you know getting ready to put in my first machines and i look at who i am now and I get calls about different things, problems or fires I got to put out. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess we got to handle it then. Whereas before I was like, ah, 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 ah. now I'm like, you know what? This is, this is my life now. So, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it's um, yeah. So yeah, it can be overwhelming, but I feel like as you go on and as you learn how to organize yourself and figure out what, figure out what is priority and what needs to be taken care of now and what can actually wait. Cause I'm a very urgency person. I'm like, Oh my God, I always got to answer back quickly. And I really like with this business, this business has taught me like they can wait, um, you know, mm. let them wait 24, 48, 72 hours, and then we'll figure out what we're going to put together. Um, so yeah, it can be overwhelming, but I feel like the more that you get used to being comfortable, being uncomfortable, um, you know, you figure it out. So, yeah. I, I like that you talked about trust in the process, right? Because you know, people want to be entrepreneurs, but it's not just you setting your own hours. You got to really be in it to win it, especially in those beginning stages, right? Like you said, you're in the beginning growth stage and it can be a lot, a lot of investment, right? Give people some wisdom about trusting the process and also not, not just looking at other people on social media, right? Because I think a lot of people get distracted mm -hmm. by other people's success and you mm -hmm. get tricked out of the process. Right, right. Um, you have to know who you are. Um, I was raised by parents who were very hard on me. Um, and 
uh, me and my sister, um, and always taught us to think and always taught us to think for ourselves and not follow what everybody else was doing all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're young, you'll follow trends and all that kind of stuff. But as adults, you know, making sure that when we make a decision, we know that that's the decision that we're going to go with. Um, and I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, um, you can get easily swayed into making decisions that are going to cost you a lot of money, cost you a lot of time and have you make continuous mistakes because you're trying to impress other people. Like I'm going to yeah. give you an example. I, like I said, I had a two seater Mercedes that I loved. That was my fun car. And I realized, Hey, I need to make an executive decision for my business and trade. My, and I just traded my car in for a Prius because yeah. it's better on gas because it'll save me money, you know, because it'll, because I can put inventory in there because I can, you know, go from place to place and take care of my vending machines without worrying about scratching up a nice car or not having trunk space or, you know, paying too much money for gas or whatever the case may be. And it was a long-term decision for my business. Cause I had yeah. to put me, I had to put me and what I want aside because now it's my business. Um, yeah. some people will feel like, oh, well, what will my friends think if I'm not driving the nicest car or wearing this or what, you know, sometimes I got to tell my friends, I can't go out with them because my money, mm -hmm. my because, you know, sometimes I can't go out with my friends because my, my inventory, my money went towards my inventory and I have to budget myself. You know, so it's, it's a lot of things like that. Um, where if you don't know who you are, you will get lost very quickly with this. Um, and then mm -hmm. also. You need to have patience with yourself. Like, I feel like people think people going to blow up on Instagram. And, and then that's another thing. People think, oh, yeah, you went viral. Like, you rich. It don't work like that. Like, it don't work like that. Um, so yeah. I, tell, I, I tell people, like, you have to um, be patient with yourself. You have to make sure that you have the funding to do what you're trying to do because everything that you write down and you think is going to cost this month, this amount of money is going to cost more than that. So make sure that you have the funding for it. Make sure you know who you are when you go into this and make sure that this is actually what you want to do because this, I am telling you, this process opening a business has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like I thought mm -hmm. getting a bachelor's degree was hard. Then I thought getting my MBA was hard. And then I thought relocating out of state far away from my friends and family for work was hard. This has been the hardest thing. This business has been the hardest thing that I have ever done. And it will break you if you don't know, if you truly are not in this, it will break you. If you don't, if you don't want to do it, and it was just something that you were trying to do because you saw it as a trend on Instagram or Twitter, this will break you and you will not, you, your business won't exist. So I, I told you, I told you, you was going to drop gems. And I told you that I, you know, I'm like a prophet. I knew you were going to drop gems, right? I'm about to fall out of my chair right now. You know what I mean? I'm, um, I'm just trying to teach the people my mistakes, man. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I appreciate you being authentic right and mm -hmm. very transparent because mm -hmm. it's like you know even when i start my podcast like everybody's starting at different levels and mm -hmm. you just have to enjoy the ride be committed like you said knowing who you are and right. if you stay consistent right you know you, you you're gonna make it right and so for people that are inspired right to get into the vending machine business what would you suggest maybe some beginning steps? Because like you said, some people may want to do it because it's cool, but some people may really want to know 
what are some directional points you can lead them to, whether it's maybe you mentor or some different courses or what would be the beginning steps for them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I told you, you know, that I bought the, the Vending Biz uh, book when I first started. So that was when I was still a, a little tyke trying to figure it out in the vending game. And I'm still a little tyke. Um, but uh, I would say if if you want to go on my website, buy my ebook, that gives you a lot of starter steps. It's just a basic beginner mm. starter book. Um, that's on my website. Um, the link is on our Instagram. Um, our website is www.mytressobsessed.com. We offer an ebook um, that will help you get started for that is specifically for beauty vending. Um, people mm. who aren't doing beauty, if they're selling shoes or selling, you know, uh, hair or whatever they're selling. It might not be what I'm selling. They can use that book too, just as a foundation, as foundational steps to guide them in the right direction. Um, I also offer um, consultations, 30 minutes for $350 um, that where I will lay out everything. They can ask as many questions mm -hmm. as they want. And I also give them information about my suppliers and my vendors that I use too. So then there's that. That's awesome. Now, how important is it for people to invest in themselves, right? Because all of the successful people that I've interviewed and that I watch their interviews, the investing part is huge, right? Because like some people may say, oh, 354 hour, that's a lot of money. It's mm -hmm. not a lot of money. It's an investment. Like the information that you've learned, like you're going to share with them, like tell them how valuable that is. Oh, that will save them. So, I mean, because I, I mean, me giving them all of my suppliers and all of my vendors, that's saving them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And not only saving them money, but saving them time that they will never get back because I already made the mistakes for them. So, you know, I already spent the money and then was like, holy crap, this was the wrong idea. This was not what I was supposed to be doing. So I'm saving them the time and the money. And, you know, we can make the money back, but we do not get our time back. So that's very precious within itself. So yeah, that's basically what they would get for the 350. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And so what are, what's next for you, right? Like, let us know uh, for one, like how many vending machines do you have now? And mm -hmm. then where would you like to take it within the next two to five years? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm maybe not five. I, maybe I stretched it a little bit too far. Let's, <laughs> let's do the next one or two then. Okay, let's start there. <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, I'm already thinking, I'm, I mean, I, I have so many ideas for my company. I mean, I want to have obviously our vending machines in airports and HBCUs, um, in stadiums, you know, things like that. Um, but I also want to have international locations. You know, I, my big, you know, my five year was to have my five year goal is to have a vending machine in London Heathrow airport. That's the busiest airport in the world. Um, you know, I'm, I already have contacts over there. Um, that are trying to help me do that. I have I have two brand my first two international brand ambassadors, um, two brand ambassadors in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so shout out to Jonelle and Malika. Um, I'm sure they'll be watching this. Um, and then also I think so my two to five year goal ultimately I want to have probably about 20 machines. Two to three that's two to three year goal. Um, I want to have machines in every large airport in the United States as well as some international locations. Um, I want Tress Obsessed to be a household name. Um, and I want to have, not only have 
a machine in every airport. I want to have multiple machines and multiple terminals. Um, I want Black women to be able to go to the beauty supply when they're at the airport because we are in spaces that we were not in before. We're getting paid six-figure salaries that we were not getting paid before. Um, A lot of us have children and have very active on-the-go lifestyles. And I I feel like our active on-the-go lifestyles, our beauty beauty and our hair and our face and our skin shouldn't have to suffer um, for that. So Mm. I hope that answered your question. No, you because you said 20 and, and you know, you, you're already thinking about like the location, location, location. Right. And so that's like prime when you're talking about real estate is location, location, location. Right. And so I'm glad that you're kind of giving like even when you're speaking about certain things, you're giving people gems that you need to think about location. And so that's why I really want people to support your ebook. You know, like if they're really serious about taking those steps, mm-hmm. invest in your education because you're the most important investment that you can make. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm still even still, you know, I have people coming to me all day long that are like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You're doing this. You're truly an inspiration. You're shifting a culture, things like that. And to me, I'm still a student like, yeah. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm, there are things that I'm learning. You know, I was on the internet earlier researching, you know, transporting, um, how to transport my vending machines on a train um, to get from mm. one city to another. So it's like little things like that. I'm still learning things in this process too. I'm still a student of my own business in this. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's, it's forever a learning process. If you think $45 or $49, or you think $350 is a lot of money, then you shouldn't be doing vending machines because there's vending machines that cost $8,000 each. Um, so dollars mm. is not a lot of money. So. Oh, spicy. Keeping it 100. So. No, that's the truth, right? And so now did we cover everything? Because I want to make sure that if it's something that that's upcoming for you that you wanted to share to the people that maybe we didn't cover, Mm -hmm. um, I just want to give you that opportunity in case I may have missed it. Um, Yes, we also offer another service for travel groups. Um, You know, travel groups are a big thing with millennials. A lot of us like to spend our money on experiences and excursions and food and, you know, Instagrammable type things. Um, And we I know there's a lot of travel groups out there um, for different types of people and their lifestyles. Um, And we offer what are called travel beauty bags. Um, It's a service Mm. that we offer. It's a paid service that we offer. Um, They can email us if they're interested. And our email is on all of our social media stuff or they can contact us via our website. Um, And what we basically do is we allow them to choose five to eight different um, travel size items that their guests may need on their trip. And we put them in nice little swag bags for them, deliver them to them. um, And we make them look all pretty co-branded with our logo and their logo um, and put them together for them. So just something extra that they can put together for their guests, whether it be hotel guests or if their guests are staying in a villa or whatever it may be. Um, That's actually what we're doing um, with a, there's a company called Black Travel Worldwide. They have a large following on Instagram. They are a black uh, millennial travel group. Um, We actually have a trip coming up in the next 24 hours with them to Costa Rica. Um, So, and we're actually doing a co-branded collaboration with them in Costa Rica um, for some travel beauty bags that we put together for all of their guests for a trip that we're all going on together. So we offer that for travel groups. Um, We have have two more locations that are coming up. 
I, I, I hate talking about where the locations are unless the, yeah, yeah. the contact is like secure. Um, but we have another location coming up probably for, I want to say, um, winter, fall, winter time. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be in the South. It's going to be in a state in the South. That's all okay. I can say at this point. Cause yeah. the, Tax are not secure yet, um, but we're still working on Las Vegas. We have our locations out here in Los Angeles. We have um, one machine in Del Amo Fashion Mall in Torrance. Um, we have another one in Los Angeles Air Force Base in El Segundo. Then we have mm. two. Um, we have two vending machines in Tanger Outlets. It's a sh- outdoor shopping complex right across the street from the Arizona Cardinal Stadium um, in Phoenix, Arizona, or Glendale, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. So. Um, those are all of our locations for right now. They all can be found on our website. Um, but if you are in a city that we do not have a machine in, do not worry. All of our travel size items that we offer in our machines are also offered on our website. So you can order them and have them delivered right to your door. Mm, that's dope. Now, uh, just a quick question that sparked my mind, right? How mm-hmm. long can a process take? Like from the time you reach out to someone Mm-hmm. from the time that the actual like machine is done like how long could that process take like from oh. from the shortest to the longest uh it can be anywhere between 60 days to i mean my first machines took me well because of covid there you know every everything that you order anything you ordered online from a t-shirt to a vending machine um, took forever because there were all these delays for shipping time. So if we're talking about okay. during COVID, during COVID, it took me anywhere between four months. It took me about four months. But now that COVID's over, it's uh, the time has shortened a lot in terms of shipping and getting machines installed. I mean, you can have a contract signed in two or three weeks and have the machine okay. in there in six, 30 to 60 days. So gotcha. Probably less than that. If it's a local, like with something local, like a place here in Los Angeles, it it takes me a lot less time to get a machine installed and secure the contract versus um, versus if I have to do a machine out of state, like Las Vegas. Um, that you know that will take me a long, you know, a lot more time in terms of logistics, getting the machine set up, and all of my machines are touchscreen, so these aren't like little used coin and coin and dollar machines. These are like high tech machines that need like a programmer, need um, an IT person to set up the whole menu, all of that. So it can take, you know, even even after I've secured a contract and put a machine into a location physically, just setting up the machine can take me three to four weeks before it's actually up and running for somebody to, you know, put their money in and actually use it for the end user. So yeah. So I see where that that patience comes in, right? <laughs> man, man, oh man, yes, patience is was something that was not my virtue, but now I, you know, you you have to get over that running a business. So, mm. so two things before we go, mm-hmm. um, just let everybody know where they can follow you at, far as all your social medias, mm-hmm. um, and then we're gonna end on your last words of encouragement before we go. Yeah, definitely. Um, You can find us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Our Instagram handle is uh, at Tress Obsess LA. Um, Our Twitter handle is Tress Beauty. Tress is with two S's, T-R-E-S-S. So Tress Obsess LA on Instagram and then Tress Beauty on Twitter. And then um, on our Facebook, we're Tress Obsess Beauty Supply. Um, We haven't switched the name out on our Facebook yet. And then our website is www.mytressobsessed.com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then your last words 
of encouragement before we go. Maybe for people thinking about getting started, ready to quit, but whatever you have on your heart, share with the people before we go. Um, I took this, this, um, this business was a tiny little idea in my head that would probably would have never happened if it wasn't for COVID. Um, you know, it would probably would still be a little idea written in my notebook somewhere. Um, if you want to, if you truly want to do something and you keep getting signs that it keeps coming up, do it, you know, don't wait. Um, you know, even if you don't have the resources, even if you don't have the money, um, you know, do it. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm not very religious, but I am very spiritual. And every time I'm on my last dollar or I, I, you know, I'm getting ready to, I, what I feel like lose it all. There's a sign that God sends me that tells me this is what you're supposed to be doing. And that, yeah. he's got me. um, and you know, I've had a lot of people help me along the way and I'm going to try to help as many women and men as I can along the way. Um, if you feel like quitting, don't quit. In anything, anything, and my father always taught me this, anything that is worth having is not going to be easy because if it was, yeah. everybody would be doing it. So, um, yeah, so stick, stick your feet in, jump in head first and uh, get it done. So mm. I'm about to stand up and give you a standing ovation. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. You know, thank you for coming on the show. And, um, you know, this is this is only the beginning. Right. And, and so this is not the end. So, you know, as my platform expands, you know, and grow, I want you to come back, share your journey. And uh, we just want to grow together. And who knows, within the next two years, I might have my first vending machine. Who knows? Hey, you know hey, I mean? hey, let me know. I would love to see it. You got to circle back with me. And I and thank you for having me. And I'd love to come yeah. back and give you a where we started, where we're going type of update. So definitely yeah. I appreciate you having me on here and letting me speak to your audience. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So appreciate you. Everybody, we are out. Peace, love, and blessings. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.